Hello, and welcome to a very special Haiku P podcast, Series 5, Episode 14, Memories. In truth, this one's been a bit of a nightmare. After I'd sent out the last acceptances, I got a call from my family in London to get home as quickly as possible, as my mum was very ill. And well, she's not with me anymore. But at least I got one last joke with her. Thank you to all of you who sent your condolences. Your messages were very much appreciated at this time. And as many of you know, I then went and got COVID. Not too badly, if I'm honest, but I did rather lose my voice and I wanted to sleep quite a lot. I'm over the worst of it now and testing negative, but it's put the work a little bit behind. So forgive me if everything is a little bit late for the next couple of months as I catch up. Speaking of catching up, did you come along to my chat with Michael Dudley on Poetry P Readings? It's on audio wherever you get your podcasts, and of course you can watch us on YouTube. It was a real masterclass for me, and I hope you enjoy it too. Have your notebooks ready if you haven't heard it yet. And of course I've done a little workshop for next month's submission period. We're doing juxtaposition with contrast because I've noticed that it's not used that often, and yet it's a cracking little technique. Spread the word, write some contrast haiku and senryu, and let your friends know we're writing them too. Let's keep the editing team busy. So what have I got in store for you this week? Well, I thought it would be appropriate to open with a little memorial to our mums. I know Vandana, Lorraine and Ron on the editing team have recently lost their mums too, so I asked them for some poetry to commemorate their mothers. And I'll open the podcast with those haiku. Linda Ludwig, as always, has done a great job reading everybody's haiku and senryu on the Poetry P Haiku prompt on YouTube, and we'll hear which of the many haiku that was submitted she's chosen for inclusion in the next journal. And then we'll move to your memory haiku and senryu. So shall we get started? Here, haiku in memory of our mums. To all mums out there, God bless them. First day without her. Mother's empty kettle, heavy in my hand. Vandana Parashar, Autumn Moon Journal. Huge and ordinary, my mother's smile in my mirror. Lorraine Padden, Prune Juice, November 2019. Taking her frail hand, withered by dementia, she gives me life. Ronald K. Craig, they gave us life, celebrating mothers, fathers and others in haiku. Robert Epstein. 2017. And I'll close with one I wrote about a period in my mum's life. She suffered mental health problems on and off as long as I've been in her life, and this poem was written about her after the death of my father. You know, so many people are afraid or ashamed of having members of the family with mental health problems, but I will say I'm very proud of my mum for making my life as wonderful as she could, despite all her problems. Thanks, Mum. Blue January, 
a black dog howls the world apart. And that's from Shamrock, issue 46. And now let's hear Linda's picks for June. Thank you to Linda, who really does a stellar job for us all. And thank you to all of you who take the time to create great work over at YouTube. So Linda's picks this month are Safety Harness Secure. He asks if my affairs are in order. Kim Clue. Roller Coaster Screams from My Childhood. Christina Chin. After all, we end up in the same place. Returning Salmon. Keith Everts. Roller Coaster. The Broken Silence of the Mime Artist. Rob Kingston. You and me on the roller coaster, falling stars. Lakshmi Iyer. Now we'll hear from you, your haiku and senryu, written for the theme of memory. Thank you for sending in your work. If it didn't get taken, please don't be discouraged. There are so many reasons it might not have been taken up. It doesn't mean that your work wasn't good. I'm going to be talking to Ajay Ajibar on Poetry P Readings, and we're chatting about his book of haiku and senryu, which is all about that topic, Rejected Submissions. And you know, we've all been there, haven't we? Thank you to my wonderful editing team, Lorraine Padden, Vandana Parashar, Ronald Craig and Liam Maguire for their outstanding work in helping me choose the submissions this month. And to Robert Horobin, who in addition to reading submissions, now helps me out with replying to them. Thank you all. Now we only have two judges for this topic. We had more, but I wasn't the only one to have family problems this month. And so my thanks to Richard Bailey and Ash Evan Lippert for coming along and discussing the submissions with me. I really hope they'll come back again, because we didn't have the easiest time, did we? And so let's start with a little poem that touched my heart, as so many of them did. Mum's Bad Days, The Scent of Mildew on My Shirt Jackie Chow A foul ball in my imaginary league breaks a real window. Timothy Kremen Sepia photo. Grandma's pink coat fades to dusty rose. Christine Wink Harrison. Train journey. The mustard fields take me home. Nina Singh. Our lawn loses out to the kudzu. Alzheimer's. Lorraine Padden. We settle for the best price. Headstone. Diabat. Gathering storm, I tell my family a secret. Annette Cheney. His first book, remembering his first word. David Kawika Air. Hot spice outside the curry house. Our Embrace Dorothy Burroughs 
Grandma's Jade, Third Generation Rubber Tree Laurie Beckerer Grandma's Tin Cup, How Measured Her Words Marilyn Ashbell Before there were steeples over the steel mill towers A skylark singing Deborah A. Bennett Game of Clue in the Attic My Uncle's Death Kenneth Slaughter Heirloom Granny's Garlic Pickle Recipe Lives On Nearer Kashap And I said to Nira, she should really share that recipe with us, don't you think? Father's Camera Mother Clasps and Unclasps Her Hands Minal Sarosh Folded away behind the empty candy jar Mother's Apron Robert Whitmer Banana Split Worth the three-mile bus fare home. Doris Lynch. Gravel Road. Driving to Grandpa's ranch on my dad's lap. Kimberly Kucher. After school. Smelling the perfumes in Mum's dresser. Christina Chin. Bare Bows. Cutting down my son's childhood tyre swing. Rob McKinnon. Oh, Rob. That's a sad day, isn't it? Grand's Tin Percolator. The one-of-a-kind coffee of my childhood. Christina Pavero. Picking blueberries. Mother sneaks into the neighbour's yard. Colette Kern. Colette, I don't know about mother sneaking into the neighbours' yards, but my raspberries, totally, totally disloyal, have moved into next door's garden. How dare they? Fragrant lilies. I hear my father's voice. See Jean Downer. Blizzard hits. My skin remembers my father's hands. Maya Daneva Falling rose petals Our homemade perfume Ten pence a jar Claire Ninham Grandma's house The smell of fresh baked cookies Through the breezeway Julie Gomez I tiptoe On the count of meditation beads Father's Morning Prayers Amrutha Prabhu The in and out of a hummingbird's bill Grandma's Needle M. Shane Pruitt Midnight Mummy A buffalo in my closet We feed it carrots Cathabella Wilson An empty house. Mum's favourite hat hangs on the door. Mark Brimble. 
Blind Uncle Pete laughing at the funnies, we read. Michael Flanagan Reeling in the big one, kite flying with Dad in the backyard. Kim Clue I want to forget the surprise of live maggots in Grandmother's Soup. Robert Horobin I think I'd want to forget it too, Robert. Every year, the colour of my baby's eyes. Forget-me-nots. Tony Williams Fire engine ride. The hat too big for my head. Ronald K. Craig Indian summer. The stain of mango juice on my kurta. Mona Betty Children's Library Still there, the small corner of my adventures Milan Rajkumar Milan, I hope everybody has a small corner of their local library where they first had adventures First fall of the first bike The Taste of Dust Ravi Kiran Ravi, I don't know if you know that I'm a bike enthusiast. I'm always out on my bike. And I don't remember my first fall, but I did have a fall recently. Crikey, it hurt. And it hurt in very unexpected places for weeks. But it hasn't put me off riding my bike. And I hope it didn't put you off riding yours. And now for the first of the judges' choice nominations. And this is Richard Bailey's choice. Now, I'm sure you all know Richard because he's a contributor to the podcast and you will have heard him on our other podcast, Poetry P Readings, episode two, I believe, when he joined me for a reading of his Renku. Richard, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's good to have you. So who did you choose and why? I went through the poems um, and uh, circled every one that I thought might be uh, one I'd want to pick and then just kept going through them and gradually eliminating poems until I came up with the one that resonated with me the most. And that was uh, uh, James Crotsman's School Photo, My Sister's Frizzy Hair Comes Out of a Box. School photo, my sister's frizzy hair comes out of a box. You know, um, I love this poem, but it, as it turns out, for mostly wrong reasons. The right reason is that I feel it is the best representation of this month's memory topic. I envisioned a box of memorabilia that the poet had opened and was exploring. An old school photo was a part of the contents, along with a lock of his sister's hair. I wondered about the emotions that this discovery might have triggered for the writer. My own boxes of memorabilia came to mind. Certainly, these contain treasure troves of a huge variety of memorabilia, 
perhaps in no particular order. Some questions came to mind. Uh, how does the author feel about his sister? Is she still alive? Did her hairstyle change over the years? As I'm pondering these questions, I show the poem to my spouse who grew up in a family of five girls. She immediately informs me that the word box refers to home permanent kits, which were all the rage when she was growing up. This made me feel foolish momentarily until I considered that we all engage the world around us in the context of unique experiences, memories, and perceptions. One of the beauties of poetry is that a poem is not complete until the reader understands it in a way that is personally meaningful and relevant. Line three of this senryu opens up a number of interpretive possibilities for the reader, even though the answer is evidenced by the use of a rather than the before the last, the last word. And then I, I called this uh, Krotzman's box. It's sort of a very thinly veiled reference to Pandora's box. I buffaloed myself by just the way I interpreted the poem, but you know, it, it's, it's okay, you know, and I, I feel okay about it. And I don't think that anyone should feel badly about how they interpret a poem, even, though, even if they miss the point, because the point is that it actually, it stimulated a lot of memories in me and that was what was most satisfying about it to me. No, I think you're quite right there, Richard, um, because until I'd read your analysis or your, your spouse's analysis about the box, perm hadn't occurred to me. But what I was thinking about was my sister's frizzy hair comes out of a box. Because we're looking at a school photo, and I'm probably showing my age here, but when I was having my school photo, it, it used to be a fairly formal setup with a sort of, you know, the camera on the tripod thing. Not quite going back to, to a box brownie. I'm not quite that old, but that's the sort of idea that had, I had in my head. So the, the link between a school photo and a box brownie and the, the sister's frizzy hair coming out of the box and the box being the camera in a way, you know, convoluted. But that's where my mind was going with it. And you're right. I don't think it matters how we interpret because if we have set about interpreting a poem, we've connected with it somehow. And I think the connection is what, it was certainly what I aim to achieve when I'm writing. If somebody connects with a poem, I don't care what the story is that they've done it with. I'm just happy that it's meant enough to them that they've thought about it and they have a story. Richard, thank you very much for choosing James Crossman's poem and giving us the idea of Crotsman's box. Thank you. So on with some more of your original work. Appealing poster for the Dogmeat Festival. Summer Rain. David He. Defrosting the wedding cake. One hell of a year. Herb Tate. Peeing in an old pickle jar. Pregnancy test. Debbie Olson. Debbie, I love the alliteration in this one. Lends a real rhythm to it, doesn't it? Last day at school, she offers me a drawing of an empty park bench. 
Hassan Zemouri. In the basement we make shadow puppets. Monster Storm. Tina Mowry. The brook where I collected tadpoles. Culverted. Bruce H. Feingold. Magma Spew. A burnt orange grime haunts the moon. Brett Brady. Bitter cherries, my bride's dusty veil. Marcia Moldovan. My swing set, I learned to fly everywhere. Linda L. Ludwig. Linda. I remember my first swing set. It was wonderful, going as high as you possibly could and then scaring your parents by jumping off. It's a wonder I didn't spend more time in hospital. Monday. Woody taste of pencil waiting for the date. Kim Russell. Columbine. I ask my friend about his trench coat. Joshua St. Clair. Sitting on top of my playset. Neighbourhood watch. Susan Andrews. Summer school. Below the ruined tower. Her breasts in moonlight. Keith Everts. Wild strawberries. We leave them for the fairies. Alison Douglas Turner. The sick friend I'm leaving behind. Autumn rain. Sarah Paris. His old neighbourhood. Talking like grown-ups. The other boys. Samo Kreutz. A pack of cards. Wishing I could hold your hand, I play solitaire. Claire Tom. To the full moon, the ocean recounts its vows. Srinivas S. Pet name became the pet's name. Morning Glory. Matt Snyder. Caressing his old flannel shirt, scent of plaid. Richard Bailey. A full house of memories I'll never have. Alison Whipple. Old paperback. A bus ride to childhood. Mark Whirlin. Unpacking her pincushion. Cactus Blossoms Marielle Herbert First Colour TV No One Complains About Watching Reruns Anne Alexander Moonrise Looking Past The Past 
BA France. Time to say some thank yous. I've already thanked all the editing teams. Linda Ludwig, Lorraine Padden, Vandana Parashar, Ronald Craig, Robert Horobin and Liam Maguire. But it never hurts to repeat a thank you, does it? So thank you very much, my lovelies. Also, a big thank you to Shane Pruitt, who's editing the Highbun with me this month. Now, it's my fault for obvious reasons that we're running late. But if you haven't heard from me by the end of August, do give me a nudge. Thank you to everyone who bought the journal. It's absolutely full with great work. Haiku, Senryu, Haibun, Split Sequences. And if you haven't bought it yet, and numbers are down this time, please go to the link in the show notes or find it on the website and download it. All proceeds will go towards the running of the podcast. And as you know, I hope to give someone a paid internship. Give them a good start in their working life. And I can't do that without your help. Speaking of which, all the coffees you support me with are so appreciated. And in June, I have special thanks to all the wonderful people who bought me a coffee and a couple of people who remain anonymous. But you know who you are, and I thank you. So thank yous to Jason Furtak, Marilyn Ashbaugh, Colette Kern, Deborah Kalodji, Linda Ludwig, Kimberly Kucher, Eve Castle, Ken Slaughter, Kath Abella Wilson, Tom Smith, Tim Roberts, Mariangela Kanzi, Susan Andrews, David Cox, and Clayton Verbinski. And at the time of putting this podcast together, I'm a quarter of the way to being able to engage an intern. Thank you. And so to more haiku and senryu. Evening foot patrol. Ghostly figures smash bottles in the graveyard. Tim Roberts. Class reunion. Still fluent in body language. Pat Davis. One foot on board. Working on his question paper. The train moves on. Radhamani Sama. Fridge magnets. Some memories hang on for dear life. Paul Callas. No cowboys, no Indians, just an overgrown fort in the backyard. Nick Hoffman. Epilogue. Reheating the cold cocoa. Tyler McIntosh. Walking alone, missing the sound of friends, coins in my pocket. Petro CK. Olive Grove. We redefine astringent. Richard Tice. Beneath the guano on a limestone wall. Our forever. Richard L. Matter. Burr in the dog's fur, remembering a friend I've lost track of. David Oates. Sea foam. Grandma churns our daily butter. 
Sangeeta Calorical Pink tulips, picturing a time she could smile. Mimi Ahern Forgotten irises, the backyard door creaking. Arvinda Kaur The nest the robins so carefully built goes in the trash. Roberto Cristiano Barrel cactus, teeming with baby tarantulas. Time to run. Kathleen Tice Newly widowed, ever plucking at the rings on her left hand. Mike Gallagher Censoring myself to avoid the blacklist. 1984 Charles Harmon Garage sale. The years he spent in that old chair. Deborah P. Kologi. Taking off on another maiden flight. Childhood aeroplane. Robert Kingston. First whistle. The amazed infant smiles. Yasir Farouk. Cactus plant. The prick of a memory. Valentina Rinaldi Adams. Aroma of rain falling on tobacco leaves. Yellow daffodils. Alvin Johnson. Summer of love. Shortening my skirt on the bus. Annie Wilson. Annie, we used to do this at my school too. Once we got out of the view of the nuns, that is. And you know what? I was passing my old school the other day at, at kicking out time. And I noticed that the skirts are so much shorter now than they used to be in my time. If the girls rolled up the waistband now, there'd be no point wearing them. If you get my drift. On the park swing, rising high and happy, the 90-year-old, Krista Pandy. Vast open sea, her journey to freedom many moons ago. Tuyet Van Do. Nineteen years later, the shock of the felled plum tree remains. Isabella Mori. One more summer comes, soothing sun embrace, chasing memories. Wayne Kingston. Missed anniversary, stormy with a chance of divorce. Peter Jastermski. Jasmine tea perfumes their longing. Train cafe. Carol Judkins. Keeping his collar, how small the box of ashes. Tracy Davidson. Distant thunders, 
the night gurgles of Dad's hookah. Mira Rame Wildflower field, the spring in my mother's step. Laurie Kiefer Autumn storm, the old maple falling with a treehouse. Sebastian Ravon. Again and again he folds, unfolds the origami owl. Dementia. Ram Chandran. Marriage counselling. The wind chill stings my cheeks. Joshua Gage. The Gospel of Detachment. Recovered Love. Jeff Pope. Hysterectomy. A part of me in memory. Lakshmi Ayer. Here we are, nearly at the end of our chosen submission for memory, but we've got one left. The Judge's Choice nomination from Ash Evan Lippert. Ash is making their debut on the podcast today. They hail from South Carolina, where they make clay jewellery and are writing their very first novel. Ash, we're delighted to have you with us today at Poetry P. Hi, it's nice to finally meet you. Um, it's very surreal meeting my first internet celebrity. So, very Ooh. excited. I like that. I think, I think I'm going to have to record, take that out of the recording and send it to my kids. So tell us, tell us, Ash, who have you chosen and why? I chose Daniela Miso's Haiku, First Snow, Letters of the Alphabet, on the blackboard. First snow, letters of the alphabet on the blackboard. So I was first drawn to this haiku by its stark imagery, the white against the black. This contrast not only imbued the wintry image with a quiet drama, but it clued me into a duality at its heart. There's a multifaceted relationship between our images here. The scene described, the letters on the chalkboard and a snowy day, is harmonious because the relationship between them is one of visual and auditory likenesses. We can imagine white on a slate hard landscape bare grass, the lines of snow etched into the dark grooves of branches, the alphabet echoing this shape, the powdery texture of the chalk, its clean gravelly sound. Winter's coziness arises from this duality. The outdoors versus the indoors, cold, warmth, feral nature, slow domesticity. Coziness is really like the primal comfort of being sheltered as a child is. This poem, in keeping with our theme, is about childhood, I think. That's why the alphabet is important, to highlight the youth of this child whose presence is unspoken yet central. First snow can mean the first snow of the season, but the alphabet supports an alternate or simultaneous interpretation that this is the child's first snow. There's much we're not shown, and it gives the scene a hush. It leaves ample room for the reader to fill its wide spaces. It's marked by the absence of people or of motion. It's suspended in time. 
The child's presence is suggested, but the circumstances are ambiguous. Where are they? Indoors, in the room with the blackboard, or have they escaped to play outside? This unspoken question hits on a last dichotomy for me. The blackboard representing knowledge, growth, the journey to adulthood, and responsibility contrasted with the snow is symbolizing our wildness, our playfulness, and like the primal aspects of being a child. It essentially asks whether the child is studying while snow falls outside or whether they have escaped from the confines of civilization suggested by the alphabet to experience the inhospitable wonder of the first snow. This all evokes what is probably a quintessential nostalgic memory for most of us. Snow days were our chance to get out of school and have freedom and adventure. In adulthood, especially our post-COVID age of remote work, we don't have those windows of escape. Responsibility has caught up to us. But it's lovely to remember with this haiku a time when we were still running out far ahead of it. Ash, it was a great place to end. It reflects the topic we're going to be looking at soon, contrast in our juxtaposition. As you initially pointed out, the white against the black, which is used to great effect here. And you gave us so many contrasting ideas we contained within this poem. It was, it was a great choice. So now we're going to have a good old chinwag and decide which of these haiku and senryu will be the judge's choice and which the honourable mentions. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. Well, what a packed podcast that was. Thank you for coming along and spending some time with me. I hope you enjoyed the haiku and senryu, and you'll join me again for Ajay Ajay Bar on Poetry P Readings, and for the next Haiku P podcast, when I hope to be joined for the very special Joshua Gage. We're going deep. If you've subscribed to our YouTube channel, which is absolutely free of charge, you'll be notified when something new pops into the channel. And of course, I'll keep you up to date with all the bits and pieces going on at P-Towers if you're signed up for the mailing. You can always unsubscribe if I send too many. But do tell me if that's the case, because it's a learning thing for me. So until we meet again, keep writing. The show notes should be on the website, and if anything is missing, or if I've messed something up, do let me know email me. And of course, email me with any of your feedback. Always lovely to hear from you. Ciao!